As long as we dare to dream and don't get in the way of ourselves, anything is possible. There's truly no end to where our dreams can take us. Hilary Swank For returning guests, welcome back. And for those who are new here, I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator with a passion for learning, understanding difficult concepts, and then breaking them down so we can all use and apply the most current research to improve our productivity and results in our schools, our sports environments, and modern workplaces. On today's episode number 226 and Brain Fact Friday, we're going to dive deeper into the research of Dr. Balan Jalal, who has studied the phenomenon of sleep paralysis in dreams for the past decade, and see what we can learn from our brain while dreaming. To do this, we're going to review what's happening to the brain during sleep paralysis and during our REM dream state to see what we can learn from this understanding. I hope this will open up our level of awareness and help us to understand how our dream world can impact our everyday waking world. So what is sleep paralysis? Dr. Jalal and I discussed this terrifying experience in depth on our recent interview, episode 224, and most of us can relate to this experience, but wonder what it is and why it happens, in addition to many other questions I had about dreams themselves. You can see Dr. Jalal's lectures on this topic, where he explains what happens to our brain when we sleep, and that we might even see things we might say were ghosts. Now that I've heard Dr. Jalal's explanation of what happens to our brain when we're dreaming, I definitely think of my brain now when analyzing my dreams with this new awareness. Which brings us to this week's Brain Fact Friday, where I want to explore sleep paralysis, why dreams are so weird, why they're so highly emotional, and do this with our brain in mind. The first topic I want to dive deeper into is with sleep paralysis. Did you know that during REM sleep, when we dream, there's a part of the brain in the brainstem that paralyzes the body to keep us and our sleeping partner safe, and another part of our brain, the cortex, that's responsible for our perceptual awareness. Occasionally, we can wake up when we're still in REM sleep and we're perceptually aware but unable to move as we're paralyzed. This is sleep paralysis and can feel terrifying if you have no idea what's going on. I learned from Dr. Jalal that in this state, we can also see what we think is a ghost, or which he explains is an illusion that your brain creates in the temporal parietal junction that's very close to our occipital or our visual lobe, that can project a sense of ourself outside of our body. Have you ever felt or seen something like this and thought it was a ghost? Seeing something like this paired up with feeling paralyzed can be a terrifying experience, as I told him in the interview, and he agreed with his own sleep paralysis experience. Then our brain doesn't like the feeling of incompleteness, and it will make up a story of what you're seeing. Dr. Jalal explains that in all the years of the work he's done, he found that our cultural background can influence what we think we're seeing. 
It took me some time to make the connection, but the ghost that I saw, or thought I saw, wasn't far off from an 18th century Englishman, or even someone wearing the outfits of the guards at the Buckingham Palace. I did grow up with a photo of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip in my house, and this made me think it could have been the reason why my ghost was of British descent when I was actually in a house in Vancouver, Canada, when I had this sleep paralysis experience. My brain created this image from a past cultural memory. So why are dreams so weird? Did you know that there's a part of our brain called the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex? It's a region of the frontal lobes associated with executive functions like working memory and attention that put concepts together in a meaningful way in our life. And that during REM sleep or when we're dreaming, this part of the brain shuts off. So we aren't usually aware that we're dreaming. If you've ever thought that dream felt so real This is the reason why, and it also explains why everything in our dream is messed up and backwards. One minute we're on a bus with friends we haven't seen in years, you grab one of your friend's hand and you jump off the bus and go to the movies, and the next minute you're back in your childhood home drinking tea. This is one of my bizarre dreams, and I'm sure you can relate with your own dreams. Now that I understand Dr. Jalal's explanation of this part of my brain that puts concepts together in a meaningful way, shutting down during REM sleep, I can clearly see why everything in my dream is disjointed and doesn't make much linear sense. So why are dreams filled with strong emotion, past memories, and people? Did you know that during the REM state, or while we're dreaming, that there's four areas of the brain that fire up? the visual-spatial regions that help people find their way around the world, the motor cortex that creates movement in the body, the hippocampus, our memory center, and the amygdala that processes strong emotions like fear, pleasure, and anger, which is why dreams are often filled with movement, strong emotions, past memories, people, experiences, and are irrational. Matthew Walker tells us this on his podcast that's all about why we dream. If you can keep a dream log over time, you can see what's going on in your waking hours and learn from your dreams. Usually our concerns, worries, and fears will show up in our dreams in some way, and you can solve them once you're aware of what they are. To conclude this week's Brain Fact Friday that came from our recent interview with the world's leading expert on sleep paralysis, Dr. Balan Jalal, we took a closer look at the neuroscience of our dream world, explaining why our dreams are so weird, often highly emotional, and what we can learn from them. I have four brain tips to make what we've learned about our brains when we sleep useful in our daily life. Tip one is understanding sleep paralysis. Once we know what sleep paralysis is, that our brain paralyzes our body to keep us safe, then we can understand what might happen if we become perceptually aware during our REM sleep and stop between our sleep and wake state. Our brain tip for this fact, our brain doesn't like conflict or incompleteness. So figure out what your story is if you had a sleep paralysis experience and it's left you feeling unsettled. I explained my British ghost that my brain created as an illusion to tell the story and fill in the blanks of the unknown. 
What was your sleep paralysis experience and how can you make sense of it? Tip two, why are dreams so weird and often forgotten? Since we now know the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, or the front part of our brain associated with memory, attention, and putting things together in a meaningful way in our life, shuts down during REM sleep, we can now understand why dreams are so weird and events that happen are all over the place. If the part of our brain responsible for our memory is turned off, this explains why 95% of our dreams we don't remember. But we might remember the last few minutes of the last stage of our dreams if we're intentional about it. Our brain tip for this fact is repeat to remember, which is John Medina's brain rule number five. If you want to improve this number, that 95% of our dreams we don't remember, see if you can remember your dreams when you wake up. Write them down before you do anything else or they'll be forgotten. Sometimes I'm not even awake yet and I repeat the dream in my head while I'm brushing my teeth to help me to remember and write it down when I can. Also, it will help you to be intentional about this practice and say, I will remember my dream before you go to sleep at night. And my third tip is learn why dreams are highly emotional. When we know what parts of the brain fire up during REM sleep, when we dream, especially our amygdala that processes strong emotions or past memories and experiences, we can now look for messages in our dreams over time and see what common themes will come up. If we can solve the problems that we find in our waking hours, it will help improve the other one-third of our life spent in sleep, and the same way, vice versa. If we can solve the problems that show up in our dream world, it will impact our waking hours. Our brain tip for this fact is sleep well and think well, which is John Medina's brain rule number seven. Here's the importance of sleep again. It keeps coming back on this podcast. John Medina writes in his book, Brain Rules, that people vary on how much sleep they need and when they prefer to get it, but the biological need for a nap is universal. If there's something bothering you in your waking hours, it will show up in your dreams in some way and will impact your sleep. To truly sleep well, leading to improved attention, executive function, working memory, mood, quantitative skills, logical reasoning, and even motor dexterity, work out your problems, and add a nap to your day to keep your mind operating at its highest levels. While Dr. Jalal does put his neuroscientific mind first with every question I asked him, there were still some questions that he said science couldn't yet prove that have a spiritual side. Instead of saying that some things are not possible, he leaves this up to us to keep an open mind and perhaps in the future, new advancements in science could move us forward so that we could find answers to the spiritual questions of our dreams in a way to benefit our waking life. Until then, I plan to keep on dreaming and learning as much as I can about this topic to share with you here. I hope you've enjoyed diving deep into sleep paralysis, why your dreams are so weird and highly emotional, with some tips we can all use to take our understanding and awareness to a new level. It really helped me to make sense of my own sleep paralysis experience after interviewing Dr. Jalal and thinking of ways we can all use what we learned from his research. I do plan to keep an open mind moving forward, 
to see what else I can learn from lucid dreaming, especially as it relates to improving our psychological well-being. I'll see you next week and hope you have sweet dreams this weekend. enjoying the neuroscience meets social and emotional learning podcast please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes while you're there please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us for more information on our programs books and tools for schools and the workplace visit us at www.achieveit360.com 